Good morning, everybody. This Sunday, we are continuing our series on looking after things well. And this week, we're looking at the environment and how we look after the environment well. Um, joining me and a very sleepy baby um, for a chat today is my good friend, Steph. Uh, Steph, it's so good to have you with us. Well, thanks for inviting me. It's really fun. Um, I wonder if you could just um, introduce yourself and tell us uh, what you do and why this topic is close to your heart. Yeah, great. So, like you've just said, I'm a long-term friend of the, the Coyle Cox Henderson expanding clan. Um, and so I'm really happy to be here and talking. And um, I work on the youth and schools team at the Faraday Institute for Science and Religion which is a bit of a mouthful, but basically that means that I get to spend a lot of time exploring different topics about science and faith and, and how those big things fit together. Um, and particularly when it comes to thinking about looking after the environment and combining that with thinking about faith, I guess I'm especially interested in it because it's been a really important part of my own journey with God. Um, so for example, my family are really, really outdoorsy people. And growing up, I always had this really strong sense about the beauty and wonder of the natural world. Um, but as I've come to understand Christianity and God um, more and grown in my faith, I've really come to see that sense of awe and wonder and love that kind of wells up in me when I'm out in a beautiful natural space um, as a sort of call to worship God, uh, the one behind all of that, that beauty and wonder. So I guess what I'm saying is that I have a really strong appreciation for nature and a really strong urge to do what I can to love and honour God and his creation as well as I can. That's great. Um, so obviously you've, um, you've got a science background and you've spent some time really getting to grips with this topic um, in the Bible and in scripture as well as practically in, um, in, in a number of ways. So um, just tell us a little bit about how you understand what the Bible has to say about caring for, for the planet and looking after the environment well. Well, the Bible talks about creation and care for creation or stewardship in loads of different ways uh, throughout all its different books. But I guess let's just um, for a second look at Genesis 1. The first thing that God says in relation to humanity is, let us make mankind in our image so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over the creatures that move along the ground. And the bit that I kind of find really interesting from this is it's let us make mankind in our image so that they may rule. So in the context of thinking about how we use what we have in our hands really, really well, I'd say the first universal thing that we each have in our hands is this incredible relationship with God that we're made in his image and we're made in his image for a purpose. So we have this sort of built in purpose as humans to rule and to glorify God by reflecting his nature, his character, his image to 
the rest of creation, people and everything else that God has made. And I think that sometimes as Christians, we can sort of slip into thinking that caring for the planet is a sort of optional extra for a particular kind of weird bird watching Christian. But it's really not that. It's not an optional extra. Um, it's, it's actually something that is central as Christians. It's central to the Christian message. So we need to think really carefully, each one of us, about how we respond to that call or that commission to rule because of the relationship that God has built in us with him. That's great. Um, what um, I kind of want to ask for some practical examples of how we can act, how we can care for the environment, what we can do. But I, I also feel like there's so much information out there. There are so many different opinions and projects that it feels really overwhelming. Um, it, it feels like there are a hundred things that I could be doing or I should be doing um, to care for the environment, to combat climate change, to um, save the ocean, um, that it, it seems overwhelming and almost impossible. Um, so what, what's your perspective on this? How do you understand that? It's a great question. I think, honestly, um, exactly how we respond to that call to, to care for creation is going to look different for everyone. In the same way that we celebrate sort of the diversity of the body of Christ when it comes to church, I think we can celebrate the diversity of the body of Christ when it comes to thinking about how we each sort of break down that big overwhelming task into little manageable pieces that we're really well equipped for. Um, so for some people, um, the call to care for the planet is going to be a vocation. They might work in conservation science. It's, that's something that I spent time doing before I ended up doing more and more talking about science and less and less doing any science. Um, or it might look like working in engineering to come up with um, exciting new technologies or it might look like working in politics and really campaigning with um, a global and environmental mindset so for some people there's this kind of vocation where they spend a huge amount of their time um, really focusing on this particular aspect of um, what it means to be serving and honoring and loving God and for others, um, it will look a lot more like just one of the many ways in which we try to kind of align our attitudes, our actions and our inactions um, with God's will just more fully. Um, and just like any other area of our life where we realise that the way that we live isn't really as pleasing to God as it can be, it's really about taking little step by step actions to get more fully centered on God and what he wants for his planet and for us as the stewards of his planet and God really loves that step-by-step -step process and he's not looking for perfection he's not looking for us to get it right straight away or even ever while we while we live on earth but he's really looking for our faithfulness in this and he's backing us and he's on our side with it so that's sort of the first thing that I want to say on this um, but 
like you kind of said, the scale of the task can seem completely overwhelming. So even when it comes to kind of, well, great, it looks like a little aspect of our life, um, perhaps. How on earth do I fit this huge problem down into that spare half hour that I have um, to think about or engage with the environment? And I think, so I've talked about vocation for people, but for the rest of us, it's this kind of recognizing that we do have a voice and a vote and that little bit of time that we can give to something, if we use that time wisely and well, um, that bit of time can have a big impact. So in terms of practical examples of what we could actually do, um, there's so many things. I know if you're anything like me, when you just do a quick Google, you're instantly overwhelmed by all the different things that it that it seems like we could do that might have an impact. And you just don't know which one to pick, which one will actually be worth your time. Um, so personally, one thing that I found really helpful with trying to narrow it down a bit is this project called Project Drawdown. Um, it's actually a kind of nonprofit organization. It's a group of sort of scholars and scientists and technologists and advocates from across the globe. And they've come up with this kind of top 100 list of um, kind of current, currently available solutions to global warming that they think will have the biggest impact on reducing carbon dioxide emissions, which is kind of one of our, our biggest problems when it comes to climate change. And so there's this top 100 list. And um, on the face of it, it looks like quite a technical site. But really, you can, you can click down on each solution to learn a bit more about it. Um, and that can give you a bit, well, it can give governments an idea of what they could be getting up to um, and channeling their energy into. But it can also help us to see kind of on a more individual level what the kind of changes we could make in our life are that would be the most worthwhile. So, for example, within the top three or at least the top 10, there are things like reducing food waste which is something that I think each one of us can, can have a think about how we might do that in our life. Um, there's things like health and education with a specific focus on educating uh, girls and women. And again, we could think about the charities that might be out there that we could support in some way who are already doing that. Um, there's things like considering a plant-rich diet. So you could consider a meat-free Monday or just, you know, building up some of your vegetarian repertoire a bit. Becky's laughing because I'm vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm building my vegetarian repertoire for when you come to stay next. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and so there's lots of these things that, that feature in the top 10, but some of them seem, you know, quite big and not necessarily our problem or the thing to focus on. But there are these other things that it's clear we can identify with and and make little lifestyle changes within our day-to-day our -day life. Um, another example being renew renewable energy technologies, they feature very highly in this list. And so you could take a little bit of time to explore the green energy suppliers that are out there. There are a lot more out there now than there were even a few years ago. And they're really starting to reach this point where they can compete with some of the traditional big name energy suppliers in the UK. Um, they're in no way perfect yet, but if we think about how we're using our voice and our vote, how we're using 
our finances. We all have to pay energy bills. So why not think about paying your energy bills to a company that supports the development of renewable energy? Because that's a way of saying, this is what we want. This is what we care about. You're using your voice in some way. And more and more energy companies, the real big players will have to start paying attention to that the more that people jump on this kind of idea and bandwagon. Um, so really kind of having just drawn out kind of four of the, the things on that list, um, that's just an example of how I go about trying to weed out all of the different things that I could focus my time and energy on and really try and drill down into some of the things that scientists have said, if more people do this, this will make a big difference. So I guess my thinking in it is, why not have fun with that? Why not take half an hour every month or every six months if that's what you've got time for and have a quick Google, quick research of environmental topics, um, check out Project Drawdown um, and see if you can come up with one small change that you could make to your lifestyle that ticks kind of one of these categories like cutting down on food waste um, and have fun with it. Come up with your idea and trial it for a month and see if it's working for you. And if not, why isn't it working for you? And give it a bit of a tweak or just say, you know what, I'm gonna try something else for a month. You don't have to just pick something and stick with it and hate it for the rest of your life. You can, you can explore and be creative in this because to come back to that image of God, we are made in the image of God. We're made to be creative, we're made to explore. And so play a bit, there's nothing wrong with that. That might, might seem like a huge, scary, overwhelming thing, but have fun. And also think about what is it that you are specifically gifted for? What, what gifts has God put in your hand? And if you like cooking, focus on cooking, like expand the vegetarian repertoire. I'm going to hold you to that one. Uh, <laughs> but if you don't like cooking, maybe don't make that your focus. If you like writing, think about writing to your MP. If you like art, think about how you can evoke an emotional response in people that gets them on board. If you're a stay-at-home mum or dad, why don't you explore some fun activities that you can do with your kids to cultivate a love for and an understanding of nature in the next generation? There are just so many different things that we could do. So play to your strengths and your passions in it and just have fun. There's a lot going on for people at the moment. Um, I don't know about you, but I've definitely had moments where I've been a lot more emotionally wobbly in the last few months than I am normally. I've been low on energy at times just because we're going through something huge. People might be in a very different like financial situation to where they were six months ago. And I think we need to remember we might have been doing something that seemed really wonderful, um, saving the planet in some way, and now we can't do that anymore for whatever reason. Like there is so much grace in this and it's not about doing what you what you could like six months ago. It's about doing what you can right now and acknowledging, well, this is what I have right now. It's not about guilting people into something they can't sustain, but it's about each one of us just checking in with God and taking a breath and saying, this is what I have to offer. So I'm going to have a go with it right now and take that next little step. And I think if we can take some of that overwhelming pressure off and remember that God is with us and that he's really for us in this then it becomes exciting and it is this place in which we can explore and grow and learn 
Um, I've rattled through like a load of kind of different ideas and examples, but um, I've put together a little list of some links um, that hopefully will, you know, if you're interested, get you started or send you in some useful directions so that you're not just completely overwhelmed um, with all the choices out there on the internet. So I'm happy to send them your way. Thanks, Steph. Um, maybe just to finish, um, lots of the campaigners that we hear from, the people making the most noise about caring for our environment right now, experts, campaigners, um, the people making the headlines, their message seems full of doom and gloom, suggesting that we've already ruined the planet and that future generations have got very little to look forward to. Um, how do you kind of view that perspective on the environment, but from the point of view that you've already given us where God is right at the centre? Yeah, I think there's been this real sort of attempt by, by conservation scientists and by other people getting on board with this, you know, that they need to hammer home the doom and gloom and the facts um, in order to promote action. But I personally think that fear can be something that's quite paralyzing. And so I think that Christians can bring something really unique and, and special to this in terms of hope. Um, hope is so powerful and hope that's grounded on something with concrete foundations, not just this, well, I hope it gets better in the future, um, kind of sense is is just so powerful and countercultural. So, in terms of kind of summarizing what I've said, or just adding to it a little bit, I think firstly, God loves the world that He has made. The Bible is really clear on that, and He loves us, and He's asked us to look after it. And we're made in His image with with unique creativity and passions and talents. And God is on our side so he can help us and guide us right now to be taking useful steps that can really, really make a difference in terms of when it comes to loving people and the planet as best we can. So there's hope for now in that sense. But we also have this really strong hope in the future and a beautiful new creation where one day everything will be made new. Everything will be fully reconciled and so much more okay than than things seem now or you know than we can even dream of or imagine I guess um so that hope for the future and that new creation I don't think that should make us complacent about now about our current call to see God's will done on earth now but for me personally that hope for the future and that certainty that everything will one day be really really good that gives me the courage to get out of bed in the morning and have a go at things and risk failure and and look at the scale of problems but say you know what god is with us and so i really hope that that's the same for for, for you and for for the other people who are going to be tuning in and listening i guess there is this future hope and um, we have that and we can take courage in it. So the question is just, great, okay, with that hope fueling me, what am I gonna do right now? Great, thank you so much, Steph. Thank you for um, sharing with us. Thanks so much for your time that has gone in, um, not just in the past couple of weeks, but um, over many years of um, working on this and um, discovering different ways that we can work together to love 
the world that God loves. Um, and um, I really hope that this message inspires lots and lots of people to just try one, one little thing um, to make a difference. Uh, so thank you so much, Steph, and I'll see you soon for uh, some sort of brand new vegetarian dish. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I can't wait. Oh, thanks so much.